Welcome back, Best Hour listeners. Another very awesome box owner. I always think it's cool when we have box owners on because you can really influence the other box owners that listen, the coaches that listen. And it's just always great. The, the cool thing about CrossFit is every box is so unique. So Jared Stein, owner of technically five affiliates. Correct. Willie B. CrossFit. That's right. So I was at, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember which one I was at? You did, well, you did my L1 when we were at Garden City, um, Jen and Dennis's box. Uh, Easter weekend of 2015. Yeah. Okay. But I was at Willie B. CrossFit. Yes. I just don't know which one. At, uh, at Newell Street in our Greenpoint, Brooklyn location. Yeah. Are, are they all in the Brooklyn? So Willie B., does that stand for Williamsburg? It does. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. We have three and we, we have two in Williamsburg, one in Greenpoint and two in Manhattan. Greenpoint is not Williamsburg. Right. It's another, it's a neighborhood north. It's the most north neighborhood in Brooklyn. But Williamsburg is part of Brooklyn as well. Yes. So you have four affiliates in one borough. I have three affiliates in one borough and two affiliates in another. Oh, okay. Wait. So Willie, two Willie B. So two are in Williamsburg. One is in Greenpoint and that's, that's Brooklyn. Right. And then we have uh, two in Manhattan and the oh. lower. Yeah. So for the listeners that, I mean, I'm from New York and I didn't know, can you, can you rattle off the five boroughs? Absolutely. So from North to South, you have the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. To the five boroughs, like the Beastie Boys yes. say. So people always forget that Staten Island is part of New York City, um, but it is very much part of New York City. And um, not that I spend a ton of time there or, or want to, but it, it still is a, a, a borough. And where do you live? You're at your apartment right now. What borough are you in? I'm in Brooklyn. I, I live in Williamsburg. So how close are you to the affiliates? Um, so the closest one is about a seven-minute walk or five-minute bike ride. Um, our Greenpoint one's about a ten-minute bike ride. Our other two or three, I can get to all of them within 20 minutes on my bike. On your bike. And do you yeah. bike year-round? I bike year-round. Winter, spring, summer, and fall? Yep. Um, last year, it was, we had a more mild winter. And then as it got cold, um, I just kind of got used to it. And I was just like, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll put another sweatshirt on and my legs will get warm and it'll be fine. Um, two years ago, it was pretty brutal. Um, and I try not to go over any bridges when it's below like 40 degrees. Um, but when it's in Turboro, it's really not so bad. So take you're a big fan of global warming. You want... More warming. I, I don't. I don't mind any climate change, uh, changing the 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 temperature. You know, positively for for New York City. Let's not get too political. The vote's coming based yeah. on your last name. I assume we have two nice New York Jews talking on this podcast. So let's not get <laughs> correct. <laughs> let's not get too political. But one of the questions that we Fern and I get often is like, "Hey, I'm considering a second affiliate, and I want to dive into it because you." were telling me before we got on, you kind of have like one go-to partner than what would be essentially silent investors. But one of the things I typically, I, I typically say, hey, really make sure you want to do this, A, to have a second affiliate, but B, make sure you're not going to cannibalize your membership 
by being too close. So my three affiliates in upstate New York were all at a minimum 20 minutes from one. It was like one 20 and then the next one was another 20 north. You were telling me on a bike, you're like two minutes apart. So how did you guys think about that? So I guess the first question is, which was your initial affiliate? So our initial affiliate was uh, Willie B. Uh, in, in Williamsburg. Um, our first two were in Williamsburg. And the first gym that we, we built was not supposed to be anything more than a place for my business partner and I to work out, have some fun. Like we were solving a problem for him, right? Him and I got, we met um, at another box in New York City. He had moved to Brooklyn and where he moved, there was no CrossFit gym. That was like a reasonable walker, you know, subway right away. So he was like, let's do this together. I originally was in business school when this happened. So I was like, I have the time to do this with you. Um, and it was fun. It was, it turned, it was the first week was just him and I working out in the middle of the day and we were having a blast. And then all of a sudden, like people started showing up for class and we didn't realize what was going on. It wasn't, was, you know, the original spot isn't a big gym. It's, um, it ekes out maybe at 1700 square feet. So, you know, for your affiliate owners in, you know, Colorado and Nevada and, and places with, with big, you know, warehouses, this is a very tiny, this may be the size of your locker room. My first affiliate was 800 square feet for the record. Oh, so you, you get it. Um, so, you know, it's a, it was a tiny gym and we were running out of um, square footage really fast our classes were filling up and we were kind of validated um, in terms of like, oh, this is working. Um, Let me ask you this question. When I, when I hear affiliate in anywhere in the, one of the five boroughs, I immediately think expensive. So you're saying, hey, we're basically creating a garage gym for ourselves, but that's a really expensive garage gym. So we, so this is all credit to my business partner. He had the foresight to see that this area of Williamsburg was underdeveloped and was what we call in New York City up and up and coming neighborhood. And he kind of nailed it. Our gym that had a active loading dock as a driveway and was kind of a warehouse space in, in Brooklyn um, was cheaper than my apartment and cheaper than his apartment. So we we could float the rent pretty, you know, inexpensively, you know, for um, you know, for people out there, like the the original rent was less than three thousand dollars a month. You know, Which in is New York City, you great. can't get an apartment for that cheap. Yeah, so I mean, you can get maybe a small studio for that, right? Mm -hmm. Or live with like eight other people. Right. And so we were, we were happy to float that cost. And um, it made the business profitable very quickly because I was coaching all the classes. Um, we had actual membership. We had, you know, 10 people in every class. And we were really just like happy and, and full. But um, about seven blocks away in a more developed neighborhood and the more developed part of the neighborhood, um, there was an opportunity for another location. Um, and the rent was fairly reasonable, more expensive than what we were paying, but gave us additional square footage. So our, our initial um, second location was more of a, um, an expansion of square footage onto the first one, as opposed to um, a completely separate entity. And we so choose- Give me an idea. Three blocks away, what can what can be the difference in rent? Three blocks in in uh, so it's, Brooklyn. It's more, like, it's more like seven blocks away, but it's it was uh, about it was six thousand dollars more a month. So um, and and for those non New Yorkers, seven blocks is typically like less than half a mile. Yeah, it's it's actually exactly half a mile. 
right? Right. Yeah. But but that's interesting. I think a few other boxes in New York kind of had a similar mentality where you're almost looking at it as it's like, it's it's the same affiliate. It's just the other room. The other room just happens to be a half a mile away. Yes, that's exactly right. Did you have to have a second affiliate though through CrossFit for that? We did. Um, And, you know, uh, all the credit to HQ. They were really great with working with us with that. Um, We didn't really know what to do and how to do it, but, um, you know, everyone in our ownership group has their L1. So applying for the affiliate, once you have one, you know, it's kind of cut and paste, right? You write your mission statement, your essay, you have that, and that doesn't change, you know, and we, for context, we opened within six months of each other, box one and box two. Um, and that was because things were working well and we were ready to like kind of just cut and paste the model um, next door. Um, but what we didn't anticipate, and, and this should have been a red flag, was like how much extra work running two facilities was going to be than running one. And because there are certain things that are scalable and there's certain things that aren't, um, your time is not scalable. And, you know, that is something that like you don't really appreciate is the you don't know the extent of your bandwidth until you've actually reached it. Well, and, you know, you, you think about things like, hey, we pay for Wattify or whatever. Cool. We use both. Um, the website, we use both. The pro, you know, the actual programming. However, we now need two coaches at five o'clock. Correct. And uh, this was my first attempt at hiring coaches, right? I had been you know, tangentially in fitness for a very long time and using CrossFit as like my workout. I never wanted to, I never saw myself coaching CrossFit. I enjoyed going to the gym. I enjoyed being coached. I enjoyed the atmosphere that the gym provided. And I enjoyed at that time, the competition of, you know, in-class workouts. And I never thought I'd be the one who was hiring and training coaches, um, especially so early in my, in my coaching tenure. And you know, I would always advise anyone looking to expand to wait a while um, and, you know, really decide if like that's how you want to be spending your time in your day. Um, and now that we've now that we, we proved out one to two, doing two to three was actually very easy um, because we had now we had a staff, we had a training manual, we had our coaching standards. There was a lot of like box checking that we needed to do to really make sure that the business was not going to implode on itself because our product was poor, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm certain of my programming and I'm really proud of it, but I needed to be more proud of the coach's execution and not needing to micromanage them and to have faith that like, these were the best coaches in New York City and they're gonna be trained the best and they're gonna execute on, on the, the class game plan. Um, and some of that, you know, fell on me to, to train them properly and, and some of that, um, was on you know kind of their experience let me ask you this question are your parents as disappointed in you as mine are in me that we didn't become doctors or lawyers absolutely and let me so just for some context my father is a physician um, of course and <laughs> my uh, father was a dentist yeah and, and my, my brother's a, one of my brothers is a dentist and so when i started off my career in wall street they were all very very happy and very proud um when I left Wall Street to go to business school, they were like, oh, this is great. And then when I told them I'm going to open gyms, they were like, no, you're not. And I was just like, not really your choice, um, but I'm, I'm going to do this and I love it. And we'll, we'll see where this goes. And look, if this is a failed experiment, okay, I, I've, I, I, I had an experience for 12 months. I can go back to the workforce. Um, 
their attitude drastically changed five years later when we have, you know, uh, seven, seven figure, you know, top line revenue and, and five locations and it's a real operation. They can't wrap their head around how this happened and where they were in the last five years not to see this coming. So it's always like a fun giggle that like, I am a gym teacher and I love it, right? And I love it. And they can't really digest the fact that like, I have one brother who is a dentist and a sister who is a OT and you know, the, my family is like a bunch of professionals and I go to work in sweatpants and, yeah. I'm, happy, I'm, and I'm the happy one, right? And that's, that's, that's always the, the crux of the uh, conversation. Without the thousands upon thousands of dollars in loans either. Yes, correct. Do you think we'll ever see a Jew on the podium at the CrossFit Games? Yeah, of course. Why not? Um, you know, if you think about like the average size and stature of a CrossFit athlete, right? You know, it's, you know, Matt Fraser's five, six, right? So like Dave Castro just, you know, sat down with Saban and, and was like, you know, it's going to be someone who's five, seven to five, nine, 185 to 195 pounds. I'm like, I know a lot of dudes I went to high school with that have fit that bill, right? And for a long time, I was fitting that bill, right? Now, I am nowhere near that fit, but someone could be, right? Like, it's not that, um, it's not like we're going to be limited by our height or, you know, really. The problem is the games are always on a Saturday and we need to be a temple, you know? That's right. That's right. So let me ask you this question, going back to the affiliates. I assume for the first two, it was you and your partner that were the names connected to HQ. So what, yeah. what, what the listeners may not understand is if you want to own an affiliate, one person is linked to that affiliate through HQ. So you can have 20 affiliates. Like at the time, I don't think Khalifa's affiliated anymore, but his NCs were like him, his wife, his sister, et cetera. Yeah. I assume the next three were those investors you spoke about. Yep. Yeah. How did you protect yourself in that you know, they can then peace out. I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of things written down, but what are, if, if someone's listening, considering a second affiliate and maybe they're not married or maybe they don't have a partner, what are some things they can do to protect themselves there? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, so obviously like written agreements are, are great and, and they're binding, but you know, that causes like some legal tension and you know, you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself. But when you're going out and, using your name. So we use Willie B, you know, on the affiliate map, it'll say Willie B Grand Street or Willie B Bowery or Willie B Tribeca or Willie B Greenpoint. Um, when you link it with HQ, HQ has to ask the original owner if it's okay to use their name. And so what the affiliate support team does, and they're really, really great and really, really responsive, is that they coordinate that whole process where they get the original owner, the second owner or the second affiliate, you know, licensee NHQ on the same call or same email and say, look, this is what we're doing, right? This is how we're protecting ourselves. You're giving permission, you know, explicitly saying these things and these are the parameters you can use. And um, so HQ does a really good job of, um, you know, policing within. Yeah, I mean, they're great about it. And I like the, the reason they originally did it was because they didn't want, you know, some rich dude from Brooklyn to come in and open a hundred boxes in some small town and put all the other gyms out of business. So it, it's, it's really good to see. So let, let's talk about a few things that you were able to uh, do well when it came, you know, that saved time. So what do you guys use for your member software? We use Wattify. And so you use just the same Wattify 
regardless mm -hmm. of which five, any one of your members can show up in any of the five affiliates on any given day, or is that a different membership? Uh, right now we have, we have a model that, um, we have a pricing plan that allows you to come to any and all of the affiliates. And then we have a Brooklyn specific membership. Do you have a Manhattan specific? No. So if you have the Manhattan one, you can come to Brooklyn as well. So the Manhattan one is essentially more expensive than the Brooklyn membership. Correct. Do you mind telling us what those rates are? Not at all. Um, our Manhattan membership is 296 after tax and our Brooklyn membership is 250 14 after tax. So for those listening, listen to those prices. I mean, obviously we're talking New York City. One of the the What's that? We're on the low end. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, point is $300 in New York City is still 180 to 200 in Bumblefuck, Kansas. No offense, Kansas. But I mean, point is, you know, we just put a post out recently. It's like people are so afraid of increasing their rates. You know, you, you, you need to you need to be aware of what's going on around you, you know, and, and Fern and I were having a conversation with someone recently and Fern made a good point. It's like, it's crowded at the bottom. Yep. Don't be afraid to stand out and be at the top. So that's a very good point. Um, and you want your customers to also, you know, appreciate what they're paying for. Right. And if you believe that you're going to be providing that service and the level of facility that demands that price, then you should charge for that. Um, the reason why people walk all over, you know, companies like Town Sports, who's unfortunately now bankrupt their golds is because, or Blink, because, the, you know, it's like five, $10 a, a month for the membership. And, you know, the members will disrespect the space. They, you know, mouth off to the front desk and they're, you know, obviously that's uh, anecdotal and there's always, you know, good people and bad people in any, any space, but you can weed out a lot of the members who are going to give you a lot of problems uh, uh, by price, right? Um, and, you know, that's not, not only, that's not, you know, obviously the only indicator of a good customer or a bad customer, but as your prices go up, um, some of your customer service problems will evaporate. Yeah. I used to say like, you go to a global gym, it's like going to a grocery store. You're going to see crazy people, right? right? And for $9 a month, crazy people can afford that. You know, there's crazy people that can afford $300. Like I'm one of them. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be less, it's going to be a different crazy. It's not going to be the dude in the corner talking to himself, you know, touching his balls. It's right. going to be, you know, something else going on. What are some of the other things you were able to take advantage of owning five? Uh, so a lot of it was um, kind of like uh, process and, and, and people improvement. Um, so, you know, I read an article on Morning Chalk Up talking about how it's CrossFit gyms are finding it hard to find full-time coaches and, and quality coaches. Having five facilities gave me an opportunity to give our coaches a full-time job. And when it becomes full-time, their outside distractions or their other distractions kind of diminish. And so we can really dial in our, you know, training, our procedural stuff, um, and, and our own fitness, right? Like, you know, one of my big markers as a coach, uh, as someone who's hiring coaches, is that, like, you have to do CrossFit, right? And, you know, I, I learned this. Um, you know, when I was doing, when I was, I was teaching at uh, Flywheel Sports, which was a, a national um, cycling chain up until recently. Um, and I realized that like a lot of the instructors didn't take class. They didn't, they didn't spin, they didn't do cycling. And I was just like, oh, how can you coach this if you don't do it? Right? Like, how can you preach to me what you want me to do if you don't know how this looks and feels? 
And so we carved out time as a, as a gym for our coaches to, to work out. And like, it wasn't mandatory. It was strongly suggested, but we wanted our coaches to do CrossFit. And that was part of the interview process. It was like, you have to come in and work out with us. And not that you had to win the workout. You don't have to win, right? You just have to show that you're confident. And like, when I write 21, you know, 15, nine of thrusters and pull-ups, like you don't have any questions about what a thruster is or what this workout's supposed to feel like. Um, and you should be sub four, ideally, ideally. Well, ideally, right. Um, it's, it but, is a fine line in the CrossFit world of like, hey, I need you to work out. Like there are many, like in your business world, imagine if you're, you know, on Wall Street and the Gordon Gecko's like, come on, like, you know, obviously you got to play squash or whatever, but imagine right. it was like, you got to do pull-ups. So what, what have you found to be the sweet spot for, for two things when it comes to coaching? Number of classes coached in a week and number of classes coached in a row. Um, so we try not to have our coaches coach more than two in a row. Um, you find out very quickly that like people have like mental fatigue and burnout and their energy levels diminish. Um, awesome. Alio, um, said something kind of in passing at one of the L2s that we were hosting about this. And he was fiddling with this at, at his gym. And, you know, part of what I loved about the L2 was kind of taking, instead of having like a strength bias program, having one workout, we're going to do Fran today and it's going to take an hour, right? And the amount of emotional energy that takes to coach a class of 10 people is, is kind of exquisite, right? And then to ask someone to repeat that again is hard. And then I ask them to do it again is even harder. Um, so we, we don't book our coaches for more than um, two hours at a time. Um, we try not to do more than four hours in a day and we try not to do more than 20 hours in a week. So and I, I think that you nailed it. I, I coach three in a row on Mondays and the four o'clock is typically the busiest, which is great. Like I come in full of energy and right. then the five o'clock's a little slower and I'm like, all right, I can handle this. And then the six is mellow. And right. if they were three in a row like that, it's tough. Yeah. I should ask, what programming are you following? I, I, I write my own program. Oh, really cool. Um, so being that your coaches are... are many of them are full time. What are they doing in those other 20 hours a week? And I assume that's kind of where they fill their time. Cause if they're only coaching two in a row, that's, that's kind of the rub for this. Like, Hey, you're coaching two in a row at this time, two in a row at that time, but you have a three hour gap. Right. So, um, a lot of them use that time to write their own programs, right. Or online coach or personal train. Um, and then they, they do their own fitness. Um, a lot of these guys are in the gym for, you know, eight hours a day and they, they live and breathe, you know, CrossFit and some of them have aspirations for a higher level of fitness. Some of them have higher aspirations for personal training clients. Um, and some of them have non or, or have sports specific aspirations. Um, so that gives them kind of the time to explore that. Um, and, you know, obviously I would like them to spend a little more time on, um, continuing education, but, um, you know, that that comes and goes in waves. Um, we're very fortunate that everyone on our staff has a level two, um, and that that's the minimum. That's the floor. Is that required to coach? Uh, no, it's required to get within your first year, and we we provide for that. So we're you pay for the full thing. Well, we because we host the seminar, um, we get will. Some comps. Um, yeah, we get we get a comp per per seminar. Now, what's the going rate for a one on one? personal training session at, at Willie B? Uh, they start at 150 an hour. And then go down based on how many you're purchasing in a package? Correct. 
What's the split there? What, in other words, what does the box keep? Uh, so we keep 30%. We give 70 to the trainers. And, and I think that's fair. We, we had a recent question about if the four ninth model that Chris Cooper preaches. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's unfair. I think 30% is respectful, especially you have to consider how much you're charging. Right. So, right. you know, you're making $50 for that hour. If someone's buying, you know, one at a time. So I think that's, that's fair, you know, for the person that was listening and was upset with the four ninth model. I mean, you're, you're not that far off of it. You know, you're 30% no. instead of, I think it's 44%, but yeah. at the same time, you're, you're charging a lot more, which was my advice to that coach. Hey, ask your affiliate, can you keep what you're asking, but I can up my rate. So in other words, it's no longer four ninths, but I'm not asking you to take less. So yeah. let's dig into this. Obviously, New York was hit really hard with the pandemic. I mean, you guys were forced to be shut down longer than just about any state. I think maybe with California as the exception. We're still shut down. The city is shut down still? For the most part. Uh, I did not realize that. I know my friend that owns a, an affiliate in upstate New York, they were able to reopen. I assumed all of New York was able to reopen. No, the, the city, um, I know we didn't want to get into politics, but I, I don't think it matters on where the spectrum you fall. No one really appreciates or respects Bill de Blasio as a mayor. And um, the cat fight that goes on between our governor and our mayor um, is evergreen and has been for the last, you know, his, the entirety of his term. And so when our governor said we could reopen at some capacity, um, there were more hurdles and obstacles put up by the city itself. And so we were allowed to open at 25%, but we're not allowed to have classes. So right now we have a suggested programming and open gym model where we have coaches on the floor, um, not running a class, but kind of pointing and hinting towards what to do, when to do it, and kind of the structure and time of the class. Um, and right now, two of our five facilities are open. And the governor you're referring to is Cuomo, correct? Correct. Did you see that video of him with that 100-pound dumbbell? I did. That's not real. No way. Do you think Although, he's, a, he's a big dude. I mean, There's no way he was moving around a hundred pounds like that. <laughs> I mean, like I've, I've moved a hundred pound dumbbell. He was making it look real easy. Um, I've never I, made it that easy. <laughs> I've deadlifted a hundred pound dumbbell and it didn't look as easy as he was curling it. So I don't know what his goal was. If he was, if someone tricked him and told him this was a hundred pounds or he was like, you're not fooling anybody that's lifted weights for more than three days with that dumbbell. Right. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So that changes things. I did not realize you guys were still closed. So tell me about the impact. I mean, obviously it's terrible, but it's are, are you, are you still paying rent at all five places? Um, no. So uh, when the pandemic hit that day, um, one of our landlords reached out proactively and was like, don't worry about rent. We'll, we'll solve this problem together later down the road. Um, which was really a true act of kindness. Um, and it's something that like, will not be forgotten in our relationship as we move forward. Um, conversely, we've had another landlord who kept running the tab and demands rent every month and we haven't paid him. Um, and we may have to close that location down because it's just not, the economics in that location may not be feasible with um, that kind of debt hanging over our heads. I assume um, that was one of the Manhattan locations. Yeah, and our, our most expensive location and um, our newest location. And so it's, it's a beautifully renovated space. Um, and he has, he has motives to um, work with us as we do for him. Um, but, you know, we're asking for patience and, um, and, and grace there. 
Um, but yeah, so we took, we took a, a, a bit off on paying rent. Um, we paid our first rents September 1st in two of our locations um, at a discounted rate. Um, and we've worked out on those two locations, we've worked out deals with those landlords um, to settle up at the back end of the lease um, in a repayment schedule. Um, you know, we're very, you know, the, the pros of being in New York is that you, you have some really talented real estate attorneys. You know, the downside is they cost money. And so um, do they, and so do the landlords, right? Right, right. Um, but when you put them in a room, they come up with some very creative solutions. Um, and because all of our motives are aligned, we're like, you know, we in New York, if you own a gym and you're licensed to own a gym in New York, it, there's a lot of hurdles you have to jump. And once those hurdles are cleared, um, it kind of puts a boundary up for anyone else to, to, to come into that space. And, you know, right now in our Manhattan locations, there are two basement locations and they're big. There are 5,000 square feet basement locations inside of, um, inside of buildings. The reality is no one else can really operate in there. No, yeah, no, no one wants a basement. There's no windows probably. Right. You know, it's and, and another, like, and you'd have to be crazy to open a gym in New York City now. Knowing or that any gym. business that requires a brick and mortar for that matter. That's correct, right? And for the same reason, right? The government come in and, and, and shut you down for what we don't really understand as a, um, a constitutional reason. And so we've been working with our landlords. Um, the business took a massive hit. We, we had some attrition with our staff. Um, you know, we had one of our longest tenured employees decided she was gonna move back to Texas. Um, it broke my heart, right? She was, she was the best. Um, and, you know, I'm happy that she's, you know, happy and healthy in, in, in Texas, but, you know, we're gonna miss her. Um, we had another employee decide he was gonna move back to, with his family in Tennessee, um, and that was hard. Um, our actual longest tenured employee decided that he needed a career change and this wasn't gonna be for him anymore. And, you know, after five years, like, he's one of my closest friends. And, you know, I still work out with him, but like now he doesn't work for the company. And like, so, you know, that confluence of, of those two things um, obviously helped payroll, um, but made operating the gyms a challenge. Um, working with the skeleton crew is, you know, forced us to think a little outside the box and, and, and get creative. Um, but we are, we're optimistic that, you know, if we can, you know, ride the storm out, you know, there's only going to be a handful of guys that are going to be left in Manhattan to, to operate. And we want to be in that, in that mix. And, um, you know, New York city, the CrossFit community is, uh, especially with ownership is, is really small. There's only a few people who do it. Um, and we're all very good friends and we're all very supportive of each other. Um, and they're all good. They're all good people, which is, you know, um, comforting in a sense that like, you're not in this alone. We all talk to each other every day. We're, you know, trying to make sure we're all on the same page that we're not undercutting each other on pricing, that we're not undercutting each other on classes, um, and we're not undercutting each other on staff, right? Um, you know, there's other industries are, are poaching and we don't wanna be in that game. And um, so it's been, you know, the, the silver lining is that, you know, we've built a really strong business model and we think we can, you know, ride this out, even if it means that um, maybe we contract the amount of cures that we have open, but, you know, the, the brand will stay alive, the, the fitness will still happen, um, and we're not gonna lose any friends in the community along the way. Yeah, I mean, I wish you guys the best. It's a tough time. You you said earlier, two of your locations are open at 25%. You know, I don't know that we have a lot of people in the Manhattan government listening to this, but is that something you're like super strict? Like, how do you even manage that? Just how many well, people are allowed on the floor at a given moment? Yeah, um, you know, the, the what people always forgot, and it, this isn't CrossFit-centric, this is like, 
the greater fitness community centric people were like, how are you going to operate at 25%? I was like, what's well, 25% of my fire occupancy. I would never have 300 True people this at once. Um, and you know, we always operated with small class caps, right? Like the beauty of CrossFit is that not that you have 25 people working out in the same room at the same time. It's that we have 12 and one coach who's, you know, offering a value added experience. And so for us, it was a matter of like taping up uh, boxes on the floor, you know, 12 by 12 boxes with the cleaning supplies and making sure that everyone could see the whiteboard and everyone could see the Wattify boards. And, you know, we always, you know, this was part of our, you know, procedures anyways, was like, you had to make a reservation, you had to check in. Right. And so like, we just had a layer on one more thing, which was like a COVID um, waiver, right. Saying like, I swear I don't have COVID. Here's my, I fill this thing out. And then we do the temperature check. Um, so, you know, we, we can run almost full classes, right? Not to the point where we were pre-COVID, but like we can run, you know, 12, 15 people classes um, at some of our locations. Um, what we're having a hard time with is the, is the demand side. Um, right now we have a lot of people who've moved out of New York City and maybe aren't coming back. Um, we have a lot of people who have you know, spent too much time in front of a TV and are, are scared. And we have a lot of people who are, were negatively impacted by the, uh, by the pandemic um, financially and, and, and can't afford it. Um, so our, our true issue is, is on the demand side, not so much on the supply side. What's your opinion? Uh, I hear the argument between, I think it's James Altucher and Jerry Seinfeld about will New York City recover? What's your opinion? So I think New York City is going to recover. Um, we've, we were due for a correction. Things were going too well under bad leadership. Um, you know, I was, I was in New York at the tail end of Giuliani um, up through Bloomberg, and we had great leadership. Um, and this isn't a political conversation. It was a, are you going to manage the city appropriately, right? Because at the local level, it's not blue or red. It's, are you going to do the right things for your constituents? Um, when the Bloomberg term ended, um, an inexperienced mayor came in and did some very inexperienced things. And the city is now reeling because of that. Um, when you neglect some of the uh, key points that you know made the city really great and took them for granted um, and started directing you know, budgetary needs and, and policy needs elsewhere um, for essentially buying votes, right? Because he wanted a second term. Um, he made some really terrible mistakes. I think the next guy who inherits the mayoral position um, is going to have a mess on his hands, but it, New York City will not stand for another leader like, like this. Um, and it will correct, right? New York City's not going anywhere. It's been around since, you know, 17, whenever, you know, and, or maybe even longer. And, you know, it's been, it's been the big apple. It was crime ridden in the seventies. It made a, you know, it surged in the eighties. It made a, you know, they started, you know, made a comeback in the nineties. We came back from nine 11. We'll come back again. Um, but right now with the way things are, uh, taxes are incredibly high. Services are inc incredibly low. Um, there's a movement for um, a non-policing of the streets, which, which makes things just dangerous. Um, there's an overcrowding of uh, public services in certain areas that are making what were traditionally havens of the city um, really undesirable neighborhoods. Um, so you have a public safety issue and now you have a public school issue and now you have buildings and, and a tax code where 
you, sh you shut down the city. Companies realized that, you know, the reason we were here was to attract big talent. We were willing to pay the VIG in terms of taxes because we were attracting big talent. We were making big money. Now you've given us six months to prove out a distributive office rev uh, model where we don't need to be sitting in the same office. I can send my people to wherever they want. I can cut their salary adjusted to cost of living. I don't have to pay rent in, you know, a skyscraper. And I don't need to put up with New York City, you know, payroll tax, state tax and local tax and city tax. And so you have, you know, real business decisions being made at the, at, like on the line right now saying like, you know what, we're going to be headquartered in Austin or Nashville or, you know, Iowa, because like, we don't need to attract talent there. They can work from home and wherever they want to live. As long as they have an internet connection, it's going to be okay. So I think there's going to be a crisis um, in terms of that. Um, and I think it's going to take a long time for people to realize that like what makes New York great is its people. And if, if people are going to leave, then you're going to have an issue. Right now we have restaurants are seating people inside at 50% capacity. And you're like, that's not fun. It's not fun, right? Bars and restaurants are part of the, the pulse of this town, um, as is our arts and culture, right? Broadway's saying they're going to be shut down until summer of 2021. And you're like, well, that's not awesome either, right? And I'm not someone who like visits the theater all the time. But like, I do realize like, it's a big part of our culture here. Um, so until we restore some of the um, freedoms that we may have taken for granted, I, I don't see New York coming back. But as soon as those freedoms are restored, um, I would like to see the legislature put in some safeguards so that like this can't happen again. Um, and then I think New York can make a comeback. Yeah, I do too. I don't think New York's going anywhere. And I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that mayoral election is this coming one. It's not this November, it's November of 2021. Right. So a lot of boxes around the world in the winter, holidays come, they do the, you know, 12 days of Christmas. Why don't you think anyone does the eight days of Hanukkah? I think the workout's too short. Um, I think if, if you, if you did it, if you did the eight days of Hanukkah, it would have to be uh, kind of like a muscle up, pull up, toast the bar, bar muscle up. You'd have to live on the rig, right? Um, and so I think that's probably why people are going to stay away from the gymnastics side of the eight days of Hanukkah. You got the deck of cards workout. We got a dreidel out. Now, now that's that, now that, give that, hey, shin. Come on. That's fun, right? But you know, we'd have to get some like chocolate, chocolate gelt, some paleo chocolate gelt to, to be handing out, you know, post-workout. Dark chocolate, of course. All right. Well, let's dive into one other topic. Um, so the reason you and I connected originally is you are the I'm not sure the proper term affiliate ambassador, the affiliate marketer for a great company that my buddy out here in Denver is a part of, Eric Hinman, uh, 10,000. How'd you get linked up with them? So uh, our origin story with 10,000 um, is, is, is like classic, just like networking. Um, one day I got an email from the founder. He was looking for a gym to do a photo shoot in. Um, he didn't have a ton of money. Um, nor did I know what a photo shoot cost. So like I was kind of blind to the idea too. Um, and we kind of just traded. He gave me some shorts from a company I never heard of. The best shorts and, though. You know, the so best. good. So at the time I was affiliated with Reebok and you know, I had, I had my nanos, I had my, my board shorts and the weird colors and I was a Reebok guy through and through. And here comes this guy, Keith was like, told me like straight up, these are the best training shorts on the market, period, full stop. Can we do a photo shoot? I'll, I'll hook you guys up with some stuff. I was like, sure. I don't care, right? Like you're going to take pictures in the middle of the day. Like, this is great. And that's how I met Eric. Um, and that was- Oh, you met Eric? That day, he was, he was, the, he was the talent for the photo shoot. He, they, he was in town, like doing some double unders and some sled pushes. And 
he was a cool dude and um, we all got along really well. And from there, we just started a, a relationship. Um, Keith, the, the founder and I had been kicking around this idea of box sponsorships probably a year and a half ago um, when I just was watching Reebok and how they were affiliated with gyms, like kind of fail, right? It was like a sponsorship and name only and it looked like a licensing agreement with, you know, the gym could use the Reebok name. And now that, you know, the, the tenor of CrossFit has changed a bit um, and Reebok's involvement um, has supposedly changed it. We don't know, right? It, they could sign another deal and it could be great and it could be back or whatever. Um, but we wanted to provide a, a, a value add, you know, relationship with the affiliates and not just like in name only. Um, and so we, we started this pilot program where we said, okay, these are the 10 things we really want to do for the gym. Um, we're only going to do a handful of gyms so we can make this super special. Um, and we want, we want to be like in this with them and, and support them. We don't really need our name on the gym. We just need them to be a great ambassador for the company so that our shorts can get in the hands of the most athletes possible. And that's really kind of how it came to be. Yeah. Eric sent me a pair about a year ago and I wear them all the time. You know, they're the ones with the spandex in them. So I had to wash them quite often because you, you can't, you know, you can't wear multiple, well, once in a while, wear multiple days. In a row. Yeah. Okay. It's cool in Colorado. I'm not getting too yeah. sweaty. Yeah, they're but, they're sweaty. Yeah, but definitely, if you're listening, check it out. I believe it's ten thousand. What is it? .cc or .cc? Yep. Yeah, great, great company, small business, and you know they're looking to get involved in the CrossFit world as well. I don't know if it's too late for if any box owners are listening and want to link up with you. No, it's not too late. So we've rolled out our our first ten in a in a beta program, um, but you know I have a lot of confidence that this is going to go very well. Um, so, you know, I'm, I always love having the conversation with different box owners around the, around the country. Um, obviously like, you know, we're part of a bigger community and that's always, it's always fun to talk shop as, as we're doing today. Um, but you know, the conversation, um, isn't over after that. Right. So eventually we will roll this out to 20 and then 30, then 40. And, you know, put, you know, the, the goal is to have a hundred, you know, gyms across the country and it doesn't have to be just CrossFit. Right. Um, we linked up with a gym in Santa Fe that does a lot of, uh, um, what do you call it? Mace, those like heavy mallets. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, those are really cool. And they do some really cool functional like stuff where we're talking to some, some guys in Northern Texas that do tactical training. Um, so, you know, we are, we are a fitness company, um, a fitness wear company. Um, I tend to love their gear for CrossFit specifically because the, it's durable, right? So when a barbell hits your legs, when you're, you know, when you're making contact on a clean or a, a snatch that, the, the shorts don't wear, they don't break down, um, and they don't get too wet from your sweat, right? They're, they're sweat wicking. So um, their gear is like tried and tested, and we do a lot of, lot of wear testing on the gear, um, which has been actually, that was kind of how I started with them, right? That was, they sent me a pair of shorts. They're like, hey, can you break these? And I, I was like, I'll try. And, you know, I sure as tr I tried, um, did not succeed. And, you know, now we have, you know, a, a they're on their fourth rendition of the interval short. And it's, it's just a, it's an incredible product. Yeah. A lot of times when you get those shorts with the spandex attached, the spandex aren't super comfortable, right? But the spandex and these are like silky, like smooth. Yeah, they're real I don't want to wear them to bed. Right. And so I actually prefer the ones that don't have the liner. Um, my legs are too big. So I, my legs end up. Eating All right. Them. Look, I got a decent back squat too, Jared. I do 85 or 10 the other day, not trying to brag. 
oh, that would, that would, that would stable me to the floor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I, when I squat, sometimes the liner rides up on me a little bit. So um, I've opted for the non-liner. Um, but nevertheless, they're great, right? When I go for, when I run every quarter or so, um, <laughs> I'll wear the ones with the liner in them. Well, they have to be good for biking, knowing, you know, you're going to head out that's right. regardless of the weather. I assume you don't have a car. I do not have a car. No. That's what, yeah, that's what's cool about living in, in New York. Yeah, I haven't owned a car since 2007. Where did you go to undergrad? So I went to undergrad in, at your college in Pennsylvania. So that's when oh. I had a car. And I went to my graduate school in Northeastern. So I was oh. in Boston for a little bit. Very cool. Very cool. Well, man, that was a great conversation. I hope that people listening learned a lot about, you know, owning multiple affiliates, you know, feeling, you know, all, you know, the heat that they're feeling during the pandemic doesn't compare to what New York is and continues to feel. I, I, like I said earlier, I'm completely shocked. I thought New York, when this, when, I guess it was just based on the county or town or city because Albany, re, Albany reopened and also check out 10,000.cc for some comfortable shorts. And what, how can they reach out to you if, if there's a box owner listening and they want to link up about that? Yeah, so um, Jared at 10,000.cc is my email. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm open to every conversation, whether it's box affiliation with 10,000 or you have questions about owning multiple affiliates or need someone to talk you out of it. I'm happy to. Um, and uh, I'd love to connect. So, and you know, I love talking CrossFit. I love talking about owning gyms. And so uh, please feel free to, you know, email me whenever and wherever. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share with the listeners? You know, whether it's about owning multiple affiliates, doing other things, just being, you know, one of the few Jews in the CrossFit world. Any, you know, anything else you wanted to add? Um, yeah, so a uh, quick shout out to um, a project that we're working on. We're doing an online, um, uh, online open style competition, but it's one event, uh, $5,000 cash prize uh, for the, you know, so top 10 get paid out, but um, there's gonna be affiliate prizes as well with uh, Samson, which is a, a company out of New Mexico that does equipment for the affiliates. Um, Samsonite. So, I was yeah. so close. Yeah. Yeah. And now this is Jewish only. Jewish only competition, you were saying? Right. So you have an opportunity to prep. It's going to be a one event competition. Um, so signups are coming out. So follow uh, the 10,000 on Instagram or, um, or shoot this me This is through 10,000, not yeah, through Billy B. Yep. 10,000 sponsoring it. Um, I already wrote the, the program for it. So it's going to be a, a fun workout. And um, my advice would be just to hold on. So, so you wrote the workout. It's one workout, winner take all? Uh, top 10 take all. So, top, but 5,000 for the top prize or, or all 10? 5,000 for the purse um, plus gear. So it's the top. Split up amongst yep. the top. So yeah. first place gets a bigger chunk, et cetera. Correct. Now, when you say one workout, for, so it's not out yet. It's not out yet. Um, registration opens on the 25th. Sunday. Now, if you want to tell me, I can delay this episode until the 25th. Do you want to announce it here? Oh, no, no, no. It, it'll, it'll go, it, it'll, <laughs> those interested will, will see it and, you know, we don't like any cherry pickers. So register, it's a zero registration fee. 10,000.cc uh, to register. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now you say one workout, really one workout or is it like an eight parter? One, one workout. It's a AMRAP less than 20 minutes. All right, so it's got to be something substantial enough that there could be some separation. Because I assume, or there's obviously some sort of tiebreaker, how fast you get through movement X. But I'm excited. Maybe I'll give it a try. 
Sure? Um, is, is there anything other than, than um, times? Are there age groups? Are there? Oops. Uh, no, nothing in 2020. There... We're, we're all accepting under height one. categories. Is there a sub five four? You would if you were if you're sub five four, you have a distinct advantage in this workout. Oh, I'm thinking handstand push-ups, burpees. Hopefully, maybe that's it. Those are the only two moves you have advantage of. Five four. All right. Well, definitely check that out. I'll try to. I'll release this prior to then, so people can check out and sign out. Sign up. Uh, before October 25th. If they're listening to this, when's the latest they can sign up? Uh, you can, well, so the workout submission is due on November 6th. So the so workout- they have like 11, 12 days to hit yeah. it. So the reg registration's on the 25th. The workout will be released on the 1st of November. Um, but as you can register up until the video submission. Um, so it's 10,000.cc um, to, to all that information. It's called Project Work. Um, and we're very, very excited about it. We got some big names coming in. Like there's some games athletes already signed up. So um, there's going to be some heavy hitters. They're basically going to wrap up the games and have to go into this workout. Well, there's, since there's only five people at the games, we, we just hit everybody up who was after six through six through 200 on the leaderboard. Well, considering I judged Jacob Hepner, who's about my size, and he halved my time on Friendly Fran and I used the female weight. I'll still sign up, but I don't have any goals of being in the top 10 there. Well, hey, you never know, right? And, and the beautiful part of registration, if you do register, everyone gets a 10% coupon code to 10,000. Um, so everyone wins. Yeah, get those shorts. Not, you know, lying about that. Super comfortable. I, you know, I only have one pair, so I kind of pick and choose the days I, I, I wear them, you know, but uh, we got to get you some more pairs. So we, I'll, we, I'll send some your way. All right. We'll definitely have to talk offline, Jared. But yeah. yeah, check that out. Hit up Jared if you are a box owner as they expand out into the affiliate world. And if you have questions about owning multiple affiliates, I mean, obviously, Fern and I have done it, but, but Jared's in the midst of it. Um, with five affiliates, I think you probably can give out some great advice. So definitely hit him up. It's really been, it's been fun talking to you, Jared. Likewise, dude. Really appreciate the time. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.